Galatians 2, I'll begin in verse 11. I hear the word of God. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. When they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. When I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners, yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ Jesus and not by works of the law. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Grass withers and the flower fades, uh, but the word of the Lord uh, endures forever. There's an old saying uh, that warns, don't cut off the branch that you're on. I don't know if that's a uh, lumberjack uh, expression from some point, if that came from the uh, timber industry, or if that was some do-it-yourselfers uh, trying to figure out some heavy pruning at some point and, and warning one another what might come from it. Um, seems, uh, seems kind of fun. You should, it's a great expression. I think you should uh, try to grab hold of it. Not only will it help you in this passage, maybe you can like try it out with some friends. You know, It's a good time of the year for lumberjack expressions. You can wear your flannel, go around to people, and just look for a good occasion where you can give that warning, hey, don't want to cut off the branch that you're on. Just see if it applies. See if you can find, find some place to make room for it. Because it seems like a really obvious statement, right? You're like, why? Do you, do you, need, do you, need to, do you really need to tell someone that? Like, not if you're on the brink. But it, but it is kind of a fun um, image if you just picture it. Like, there's the... There's the guy, maybe he's got his chainsaw, or his, or his uh, saw out there, and he's trying to get the branch off, and it's just, it's just hard to get it just right, you know? So he kind of inches out a little further, he's got to put his knee on it, starts to get there. Well, he knows it's going to be a while before he's actually getting the branch cut. So trying to get a place where he can really get it started and get the branch going. And he's out there on the branch, <laughs> sawing away, sawing away. And if you're watching it, you know, I, I, 
I'm sure that somewhere along the line, I have a cartoon image in my mind because I can picture it, right? Like there's whatever the, uh, the comic relief character out on the, out on the vine cutting it and you're watching it. Like you, you know it's going to happen. Everyone knows what's going to happen if you're cutting the branch that you're on. But then there he is doing it and it's just like you're just waiting for the tension of it, right? Um, and crash, boom. I look, looked it up on YouTube just to see if there's fun. There's some stupid high school kids on a branch cutting it just to see what happens. Um, they walk away, so that's good, but, uh, but the branch does get cut when they, they fall. But, <clears throat> here's the thing uh, I love about this. Like, that image had that expression. For it to actually become an expression, this old adage, somewhere's like a Russian proverb. I don't know. What it, like, that had to come from somewhere. <laughs> Like someone was actually cutting the branch that they were on, and it became an important enough thing for people to say and to keep re-saying, like, hey, there's this warning. I've actually been cutting branches off my tree before, and it's come into my mind, oh, don't cut the branch that you're on, right? For some of us who are more foolish, it's there. But you get the idea of the expression, uh, right? Don't, don't do something that's, that's self-defeating. Don't do something that undercuts the very thing uh, that matters, that you value. Uh, however foolish it may be, we find ourselves doing that. There's a reason that the expression exists, right? Um, maybe you can see this on a, maybe it's been a long week for you. Maybe you've had other long weeks in the past. Maybe if you're worn out and you're tired and you just need a break and you need some rest and you go home at the end of a long week and end of a long day and you're like, you know, I'm just, I'm worn out. So you get out the computer, your TV, you turn on Amazon Prime, Netflix. And there's like the new season of your favorite show is... Is, is on, uh, that it wasn't, it wasn't up before, but now it's streaming, you get it started four or five hours later, um, and you're like nodding off during the show that you love, uh, you realize like, oh, this rest that you were trying to get, you just cut off the branch that you were on, you undercut the very rest that you were aiming for, and how you tried to get it, right? Uh, certainly talk with folks uh, every year, semester, maybe you get one semester where things aren't as busy, um, you're like, this is great. I'm taking one less class, or my schedule actually works out well. Uh, these classes aren't as hard. I finally got to throw in some easy classes with my schedule. And then somewhere along those first couple of weeks, you're like, this is so great. And you start like volunteering for stuff that you couldn't volunteer for, for before and committing yourself to stuff. And then pretty quickly, you're like, what did I just do? Where did my like more relaxed semester go? Um, and then you realize you just cut off the branch that you were on, right? You're undercutting the very things with it, right? If you can picture that, that, uh, this expression, I think it really helps you understand uh, this passage. This is what's going on uh, in this passage. If you can picture um, the stupidity of it, but also the actual possibility that someone might do that and need that warning, uh, then you get a little bit uh, what's going on uh, in this passage here. Look at three different sides of it. I think you see it in this passage this way. You see at the end of it, right? You see this result. He's talking about that there's something that could end up happening that we could do. There's this danger that he's worried about that could, in some sense, nullify the gospel. That could nullify the grace of God, he says. That could, in some way, bring it to nothing. Or, or have the effect as if Christ's death didn't matter. I'm not saying Christ's death doesn't matter. The gospel is kind of a big deal for Paul. That's everything. But he's saying there's things that we can do that would have the type of effect so we would live as if Christ died for no purpose. Um, 
you look and see, well, how did that develop? What's the situation he's concerned with? He's talking about what's going on for the churches in Galatia, but he brings up this event of when uh, Peter, Cephas, was in Antioch. And what, what he talks about, you see, particularly in verse 4, what happened? Their conduct was not in step with the gospel. There was things that they were doing, the way they were living, that was inconsistent with that grace of, of, of God that Peter very much believed in was part of. I was so inconsistent that it was contrary to it and undercutting it. Um, so that branch of, of the gospel of the grace of God was actually being cut off, or cut away or cut out by their actions in such a way that it could make it seem like the, the, the death of Christ was to no purpose. All right, so, so we'll look at those three different sides, the branch, the cutting off, uh, and the falling. Um, I want to encourage you as we go through this to, to look and say, what are, what are ways that we could be living in a way that undermines the very thing that matters most? What are things that you see Christians doing or maybe yourself doing or maybe people around you that might actually be cutting away at the very thing that holds up uh, the foundations uh, of Christianity? Is there some place for this warning? of the old adage, um, not to cut off the branch that you're sitting on or standing on. All right, so, so first, the branch. To be clear, if we're using this illustration to kind of structure the passage, Paul's not using this illustration. What's he talking about here? What are the things that matter? What matters is Jesus. Uh, what matters is Christ and what he has done in his death and resurrection. He's already described and continues to describe here is the gospel of grace. And particularly, the branches he talks about here is this. It's, it's justification by faith. Uh, it's justification by faith alone. Central uh, aspect of the gospel. You can be confused about a lot of things in Christianity. Um, but if you can gain clarity about this about this doctrine, about justification uh, by faith. You can have clarity on the whole. You have clarity of your relationship uh, with God uh, because it's, it's one of the central aspects of what Christ has done for us, uh, what his death and resurrection uh, can mean for us. The, the idea of it is um, justification being made right, like we want to be right, and, and particularly it has this idea, approval and acceptance. You don't have to look at your life and the people around you very much to realize how deeply we crave approval. We crave approval from our parents. We crave approval from professors. We crave approval from one another. Uh, we crave approval from pretty much anyone that we, we, we meet. And we want uh, acceptance from everyone uh, that we meet. And that's also true uh, as we relate to God that what we want is approval and acceptance from him. <clears throat> Now, the thing is, we tend to, you know, like anytime you find yourself doing wrong, we're just kind of messing up what you were hoping that you would do, and you kind of mess up. The, like the first thing that goes through your head is you're making all these excuses, right? I mean, it can be like stupid stuff of, of having left the dishes out, and you told your roommates you would do it. And as soon as you, like, realize, or as soon as they're like, hey, the dishes are still in the sink, isn't it Thursday? <laughs> right? I'm sure your roommates are nicer than that, right? But you get the little, little hints there. As soon as you realize, you're like, 
oh, you're coming up with excuses. You're like, I fell asleep. I had a bunch of tests, you know, this week. I had to go to RUF. Don't you think, like, the Bible or something should matter? Why are you against my religion? You start coming up with some kind of excuses. I've, like, run red lights. And immediately in my mind, I'm going, I was was looking down. Like, I thought it was going to... You're making up some kind of excuses, and here's the thing, like, our excuses are always pretty lame. They don't actually make us seem right, but they're still, like, why are we coming up with it? Because we have this desire that we have to look, we want ourselves to look right. We want someone to approve us and accept us. Um, it's not going to work like your roommate's going to be like, oh, you had tests. You going to have any tests later in the semester? Because <laughs> could you still do your test when you have homework? Like, if this is how it's going to work, if you're committing to it, then actually own up to it, right? Um, we make all these excuses to try to make ourselves uh, seem right, uh, to look right, to, to be enough. And, and here's justification coming in. It, justification is this attempt to make ourselves seem right. So when you're making those excuses, what you're doing is you're justifying. You're trying to justify your behavior. You're trying to justify yourself, be it to your roommate, to your parents, to your teacher, or, or, or to God. Um, and, and Paul, he actually is quoting um, uh, at the end of... Verse 16, he's actually quoting uh, the Old Testament in Psalm 143. Uh, He says this, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. All your excuses are too lame. Uh, There's too many ways where you messed up. You're you're not able to make yourself uh, be or seem right, uh, especially not to God. And the gospel says this, right? This is the way, one of the ways Christianity is different from every other kind of religion or biblical Christianity, so we want to make sure we're drawing out the differences between biblical Christianity, uh, the gospel here in Galatians and throughout Scripture, and cultural Christianity. But biblical Christianity is different from everything else, and then every other religion has some way, or irreligion has some way of pointing at, pointing at us, pointing at what we do in our behavior, be it uh, greater morality and obedience, be it following the teaching of some book, being a uh, committed part of certain community, or be it meditation, whatever difference thing, there's things that we have to have to commit to and live out and show in our relationship with God or our safety or, or, or blessedness in this religion has to do with what we do. And the gospel says by works of the law, by following the rules, by trying to get things right, nobody ends up actually being right, seeming right before God being declared right with him. So justification is by faith. This is the branch uh, that uh, that upholds uh, Christianity. This is Christ as the branch of what he's accomplished uh, for us that we get to hope in. This by faith, not faith in ourselves or the rules or works or thing that we could do, uh, but it's justification by faith in Christ. It points instead of us uh, to Jesus that he's enough, that our hope uh, can rest uh, in him and his death, and his resurrection. And the way uh, Paul begins to talk about it, uh, near the end of the verses we read in verse 20, he mentions he lives by faith in Jesus, the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. That's that's something you don't want to undercut, or cut off, or lose, or devalue, or contradict. I hear the branch, the beauty of the gospel of grace that Jesus loved his own people and gave himself for us. So that in his death and resurrection is where our faith rests and our hope rests so that we actually can be approved by God and accepted by God. When we haven't done anything to deserve it, when we've done everything to destroy it and yet we can actually be approved and accepted. That the things that would condemn us Christ has been condemned for in his death. 
Why? Our sins were placed on him. And, and that the good deeds or the, the you know, good behavior or the good things about us that we wish we had to offer up as enough, oh, Christ was fully obedient and raised as fully righteous and accepted by God and approved by God. This is my beloved son. That by faith in him, believing in Christ Jesus, we have hope, we have confidence of being accepted by God and approved. It's not something that you want to cut away. Um, It's not something that you want uh, to cut off. That's a branch that holds you uh, and supports you. But if you get the idea of that old expression, the idea is that there was something unintentional about it. Uh, It's this warning because you might have missed it. You might have unintentionally uh, been cutting off the very branch that you were on. You might not have even been noticing it in some, in, in some sense. You might not have been the same uh, awareness uh, of it. So we move from the branch, secondly, to uh, cutting it off. Especially the touch on some of those things in verse 14. But um, you might think that the title for the second point is uh, In Poor Taste. If you read the rest of uh, Galatians, I think it bears the uh, expression out. It's certainly uh, memorable when you consider that circumcision is kind of a, the main pressing issue uh, that Paul is dealing with. Not just circumcision, but following the whole uh, of the law. Um, and so you, you get particularly that the warning is of not cutting off the branch that you're on. The point of the old adage is especially not uh, to cut off the branch that you're on. But some idiot sometime, do-it-yourself or lumberjack or whatever, is trying to get that branch off, and someone had to say to him, hey, what are you doing? Do you realize the, where your behavior would lead? And Cephas, Peter, uh, might allow us even to say, some idiot apostle, Peter's pretty open about his stupidity and his weaknesses, the time that he denied Christ and other things. Um, Peter might allow us to say some idiot, idiot apostle even undercut the gospel, even acted in such a way that started to devalue uh, what Christ has done that could almost be said to nullify the gospel and make Christ's death to no uh, effect. Right? The idea was, uh, hey, accidents can happen. Uh, accidents can happen in relation to the gospel. People do uh, stupid things, not just when they might be cutting down trees um, or watching uh, Netflix or trying to schedule out their s- semester, but we may do a lot of stupid stuff when it comes to uh, our values as well, when it comes to our religion as well, when it comes to our relationship uh, w- w- with God. Um, so even, even for the apostle, there's this unintentional and maybe in some ways uh, unnoted actions that at least in its effect, could be detrimental to the gospel. Peter needed to be warned. Maybe there's something in the expression for us. Maybe there's a warning for us in it too. Right? But focusing on, on verse 14, uh, Paul says, But when I saw, they might have noticed, not noticed, Paul noticed, uh, when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, um, some, express, some translations might have it not straightforward from the gospel. Here's the gospel. Here's what's matter. Here's the deepest priority. Uh, it's not living out uh, consistently uh, from that. 
other translation has along the line that the actions didn't, didn't square with uh, the truth of the gospel. It didn't fit together. It didn't go along with it. It's not an intellectual problem. Uh, it's not, a, uh, um, not an abstract problem. It's a practical, lived-out problem. It's an inconsistency in how they live. Uh, uh, when it comes to the branch itself, Paul and Peter, they agreed. You, you look at what Peter says uh, to Paul here. It wasn't differences in here. You can look in the rest of Scripture. You can look at uh, First and Second Peter related to this. You can look at Acts. Um, but even when Paul confronts uh, Peter, what does he say? Uh, he says in verse 16, Yet we know, you, you and I, he's talking about, you, he, he and Peter, and others he's speaking, we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus. Uh, these are things that they're in agreement on of what the gospel is, what the branch is that holds them up, and why it, why it matters. The problem is it seems that he's being inconsistent with that, not living out according to that, and so he's in danger of cutting it uh, off. Um, now, if we hear being warned or encouraged, um, and we hear the warning about our actions not being in step with the gospel, where do we tend to go? You're thinking through your life and your actions and what are ways that your life and your actions don't square with the gospel of what Jesus has done to that. When we hear that, uh, we tend to hear ways that we're not being good enough. It doesn't take us long, maybe before we can start down the list of some things. That's, maybe that's our morality, not being good enough. Um, too many things that, that break the rules, uh, whether it's lying or drinking or gossip or hooking up, like whatever these different rules that we're crossing, there's too much of that in our life, too many ways that we, that we lean in that direction. Maybe we look at it differently. Maybe it's our commitments that just don't seem like they're, they're enough. Maybe it's none of those rules that we're breaking, but, but our commitments are strong enough. Maybe we should be at church more or care more when we are there, or read the Bible more, and our prayer should be more, what's my evangelism, I look like, where are all these things, and, and we look, and we look at the, the rules, or we look at our following the rules, and we see the way that it, that it isn't enough, if our side of scripture affirms that that's true, it's not enough, um, no human being will be justified the law, by the law, but that's not the gospel, right, when we hear actions not in step with the gospel, we tend to go the route of how we're not good enough. When Paul says it here, notice what he's doing. When he says your conduct to, P to Peter and the others is not in step with the gospel, he means that you're, they're still trying to be good enough for God. And they're still trying to be good enough for God in the basis of what they are doing. They're setting a standard that's not Jesus for what gives us approval. For when we can rest in acceptance from God. It's easy for us to turn to uh, the things that we haven't done uh, or the things that we, uh, you know, the, the, the worship that we've given and hope that we're approved through that. Or it's easy to look at the, uh, the weakness of it or to see our failings and think, now we can't be approved. Paul is saying when their, when their actions were out of the step of the gospel was when they thought that the things that they did were what were, what were defining whether or not... Um, they were proved and accepted by God. They were undercutting all this justification uh, by faith. Um, if, if we realize that some of the ways that 
what we hear out of conduct not in step with the gospel, we go toward our actions, then maybe this old adage isn't just a stupid thing that doesn't need to be said. Um, maybe you need to tell me more often, story, don't cut off the branch that you're on. Uh, maybe we need to tell one another, Christian, don't cut off the branch that you're on. Don't cut away with the gospel by thinking it's about what you do. Uh, when it's pointing us to faith uh, in Jesus, uh, to him uh, being enough uh, for us in relation to God. Uh, for Peter, it's accidentally, it's accidental, uh, you could say. It's unintentional. Um, um, uh, <laughs> but, it, but it intends to cut off this freedom that the gospel gives. Freedom to approach God, freedom to walk, uh, approved and accepted, and so loving others and relating uh, to them. Uh, it's faith in Christ alone that saves. But take a look at just how this happens. Right, maybe I'm just bringing out what the passage is saying, not letting you see how it's there. I want you to see how it's uh, there uh, in this passage. Um, Cephas is in Antioch. Peter's there, and he's eating with Jews and Gentiles. Peter's been given a revelation from God that the ceremonial laws about what you're supposed to eat or who you could have table fellowship with don't matter anymore. Uh, right, you can read about it in, in Acts, and he sees that in Scripture says in other places that God has made all things clean. There's not people that he can't relate to then. So when he comes here and he's, he's speaking to other people who love Jesus and he's eating with them, that would have been a Jewish taboo, right? You might have some related to them, but you don't share food and you don't share table fellowship with someone who's unclean apart from following uh, God's rules and his laws. So Peter's there and he, is, he knows the truth of the gospel. He's living it out and, and eating with those people, but until some people come from James and and then he draws back. He separates himself. He's afraid of the circumcision party that are saying, hey, if you're, that's great that you're following Jesus, but you still need to understand what rules God gave us that means this is what you have to do to be part of God's people, to be marked off as approved and, and acceptable to him. Um, this probably had some things to do with, um, with the Lord's Supper, but even just sharing a life and food and communion and, and table together, Peter started to live in a way that wasn't consistent with the gospel. And he's undermining it. Um, just make sure you get these points. I would love to kind of spend all the time here, but I can't. Um, what, what, how, how are then some of the ways that, that that happens to us? Here's where you see it. You see it especially in who you associate with, and who you fear. Right? The gospel oh, brings us down, and, uh, brings us out so well uh, in Ephesians as well. The gospel breaks down the walls of hostility. It breaks down the barriers between different races, different cultures, different values. It says there's not someone who, because they don't follow my set of rules, I should separate from them. Uh, the gospel says that Christ has leveled all those things. We are all sinners and can't be justified on ourselves, and our only hope together is in Christ. And now Peter's saying, yeah, but I, I'm supposed to just be with these Jewish people. I, can, I can't, like, you can't sit here and I can't sit with you. Um, it comes out in who we associate with. Uh, we associate with people that fit our values a lot of times. And the more someone disagrees with us, the more we start to not associate with them. Um, it can easily follow hey, you know, the people that go to RUF versus Christians who don't or people who uh, don't see the gospel or, the, or uh, reform things or what have you. It comes out in all type of, um, type of ways that we, that we associate with. Um, and it comes from Peter, particularly here, in terms of who he fears. 
who appears, uh, so I don't know if these guys from James, maybe they're big donors. Um, maybe they're just really important people. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't seem like, Paul, like Peter's actually throwing away the God. He still believes in justification by faith, but he's not living it out that way because if somehow he's concerned with what these people think and how it goes. And even Barnabas, Paul's associate in the Gentile mission, is let off in this. Um, sitting with a guy one time, uh, do a little, used to do a little Bible study in Sewanee. This guy was interested. He maybe came to RF a couple times. But uh, I remember him sitting down next to us. Um, but he kind of like wouldn't join in the circle of people that were talking about. Well, wasn't even actually a lot of gospel stuff uh, at that point. Um, he was in the big room in Sewanee, not in the small room in Sewanee. And like it just wasn't okay with him to actually associate there because he had an eye on how everyone else would look at him. Um, and like... The heart went out. I was like, I'm leaning over and like relate to him, but he like won't like turn that way. I mean, he's talking with me, but he didn't want to be associated with the whole one. That was like, oh, like I could see so much fear for him of like what everyone else around him thought. There's this fear that this strikes out who you associate with, who you hang out with, who you spend spend time with, uh, and how you fear that. Um, we've got to help one another see this. And look at it. Yes, it still comes out in racial ways. Yes, it still comes out uh, in economic ways. It comes out in political uh, ways. Um, not only are we especially free to associate with all other believers who, who admit their need for Jesus, that we have a, uh, the same relationship with God with them, but the gospel also frees you to relate uh, to anyone else, to the people that your parents say, that person's unclean that person is someone you should stay away from they're not good company for you to keep saying there's not always some wisdom but it doesn't mean the gospel gives you this freedom to relate to all the people on this campus to care about them and you shouldn't be afraid of other people's acceptance approval when you've got god's approval and acceptance of you that calls you in a relationship with people around you it's a good thing it's a beautiful thing um, you love this. You value this. I think it's part of what you value in RUF and with one another. I hope we uh, encourage that and extend that. But there's this danger that we easily forget it. We may not even notice that we're doing it. Right? Just, just sawing it off. Um, sometimes I just think through the songs that we do. I love the songs that we do. There's a lot of people that don't know the songs we do, we don't fit with the songs we do, don't relate to the culture of the songs that we do, and it's like, are, are there ways that just, that some of our, our values are, we're saying we don't associate with or we don't want to, or who we're fearing to not do all these things. Not cutting off the gospel, if that's what matters, but actually living according to it, and we can easily be blind to it. So what was needed? Not just how did it happen, but what was needed here? Paul saw it, he spoke into it, and he called out the contradiction. It, it's kind of great, like, if you get all the language of it, he, he's like, Paul, you're a Jew? You've been living like a Gentile. You've been breaking those ceremonial laws for a while now, uh, hanging out with Gentiles. And these guys come in and say, if you really want to belong to God, then you've got to, then anyone has to follow these ceremonial laws. Circumcision and all the rest of the uh, ceremonial cleanness and, and other laws of the Torah, right? And they're saying, if you really want to belong to God, this is what you have to do. And Paul just brings out the contradiction of it. He's like, Peter, you've already, though you're a Jew, been acting like a Gentile. 
If it's fine for you to act like a Gentile, don't you think it's okay for actual Gentiles to act like Gentiles? But you're pretending that they're supposed to act like Jews. You're going along with people that are saying you're supposed to follow these rules if you're actually going to be accepted about, by Jesus. That what you do is the main thing for how God accepts you. And when Paul sees that it's not consistent, not in step with, not straightforward from that truth of the gospel, that we're justified by Christ and by faith with him alone, he goes, I'm talking to you right here in front of everyone else, and I'll write a letter that tells people that we had this conversation. And I don't think Peter minded. Um, it's the gospel that matters, and we're in danger of just uh, cutting it off. We need, uh, I need you to point out the contradictions in me. Uh, we need to point those contradictions out in one another when it's not consistent with what the gospel says. Well, even if you have a great and glorious branch that you're sitting in, it's holding you up on a fine sunny day. Maybe you built your tree house in it and the whole thing's great. Um, if you start sawing away at it, sawing away, cranking up that chainsaw, getting most of the way through, the tension's there, you know what's going to happen. Uh, it, it leads to the fall. And that's it's immediately after this. Paul goes, Galatians, what happened to you? Where are you going? Uh, you're falling away from Christ as you would, as you would abandon the gospel in this way. Uh, or in the last verse here, he says, I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness were through the law, Christ died to no purpose. We may not have been paying attention to the outcome of our actions, we may not have intention to the result of it. We know in theory what we believe and we know where that leads to, but what about uh, where we're living? We hold on to that freedom uh, in Christ that frees us to relate to anyone, frees us to relate to God, frees us to hold in that, frees us to see our sin and come to him quickly, uh, to see other sin and move to them in love, a freedom to still say Jesus loved me and gave himself to me. Because when we let that go and start adding in other requirements that we place on ourselves or our parents places on us or our community places on us or society and culture, things that we just, that we just own up in as well, uh, we're cutting away at the very branch of the gospel of Jesus. We're in danger of nullifying the grace of God. Not that God's grace can be made nothing. It's grace heaped up on grace. But we can make it to no effect for us when we stop looking to Jesus I begin looking at anything else. Um, Christ, it would make, uh, uh, if, if righteousness were, what, were through what we did, so what did Jesus die? Jesus died and he atoned and covered for all your sins, but I got to get it right myself. Okay, so what he did didn't matter. You got to get it right for yourself. You're saying, you're saying that's of, of no value, of no effect for who you are, for how you live. Um, old adage warns you, warns me. It reminds us of the things uh, that we might not realize that we're doing. Where our practice doesn't meet theory. Uh, where our actions and our values are actually running contrary to one another. Don't cut off the branch that you're on. Paul Writes this part of Galatians. I have love for the people there. I have love for the gospel and the beauty of the freedom of God's grace given to us in Christ out of his love. And he wants them to hold on to that and not go anywhere else. 
And he tells them essentially, don't cut off the branch that you're on. It's holding you up. We need to encourage and support one another and other Christians and let the message from the campus uh, be this fullness of justification being made right through what Jesus has done for us being the only thing that matters. Not acting hypocritically, not putting out some self-righteousness, not moping around when we think that we've got it all wrong because Jesus is still enough. We live according to that and we celebrate uh, that together and we share that uh, with one another and we share that outside of that because Jesus is the beautiful and glorious uh, branch of salvation that we would hope uh, in him.